0: Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our Watch Club for Loki Season 2. It's not about when, where, or why. It's about who I can rewrite the story. Welcome back to Watch Club, my name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Loki Season 2, Episode 5, the penultimate episode titled Science Slash Fiction, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we all time slip back into jail or onto a jet ski, let me introduce you to the TVA personnel joining me today. First up, he knows a little something about joint probability. He's Justin, the jet ski loving Lawrence. Hello, hello. Dude, I know we talked about jet skis last time. Any other vehicles that you've been on? Like, have you been on a, a, a TVA? I mean, an ATV? <laughs> no, I have not been on an ATV.
1: Uh, oh, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't really consider myself the adventurous type when it comes to the vehicles uh, I feel realm. It, yeah. I'm a little more yeah. comfortable uh, in a car. Uh, yeah. You know, I wouldn't find myself on a motorcycle or uh, anything like that. So it's, uh, there you go. Th- it's just the way I live. I crashed off of an ATV once. It was the last time I was ever
0: on one the I first like, and I last was younger time. Yeah. yeah i was younger and then i think i i don't know i hit something or i hit the brakes or something and i went f- like flying off of it i did one of those things where like you know when like you have to like you lose your breath like the breath gets the wind gets knocked out of you yeah it was it was crazy i felt like i was you know time slipping um but joining us uh, from yet another branch timeline last but also first at the same time She's the astrobiological assimilation of all things atomic. She's Alyssa, the bioluminescent Ouroboros loving balustrary. Oh my goodness. Bioluminescent,
2: like in which way? Like a tomato way or like which kind of way? You know, shiny. <laughs> Absolutely. Shiny. Absolutely.
0: Amazing. <laughs> I-, I can get behind that. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you've been on a couple of Watch Clubs before, but for those who haven't had the pleasure of hearing you on here before, who are you? And uh, also, what are your high-level thoughts on Loki Season 2 so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, who am I after this episode? I'm not sure I can confidently <laughs> say
0: who I We're am. We're so many things.
2: I, I, at the same time, uh, my name is Alyssa. I am a uh, resident fan of of Marvel and all things geek centric apparently uh i have a a twitch stream where i open pokemon cards and play video games and have a great old time Uh, and i am one of the previous video dames uh where we talk about you know gaming and pop culture and all that good stuff
0: very cool Mm -hmm. very cool and your thoughts on loki season two so far
2: my thoughts are all over the place as uh (laughs) most of the like characters Loki in himself. this yeah, <laughs> this yeah. episode were. Uh, I think, honestly, that this, this show has been incredible. It has kind of curved my expectations. Um, mm-hmm. The original uh, show was one of my favorite Marvel series. And this mm-hmm. one, I have a feeling, is going to reach uh, a quick second. I'm a huge fan of Mar- uh, Marvel and Loki in general. The God mm-hmm. of Mischief is tattooed on my body. So Whoa. I do love him quite a lot. Uh, Is that the
0: only Marvel character, or do you have other... I
2: have Loki and Thor's helmets on my arm. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a fan. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite things about this series is how it it has a very distinct vibe. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like future, but in a retro kind of way, and it's really awesome seeing how they showcase uh, how the TVA is like somewhere in time, but also nowhere at the same time. They've got technology, but it's archaic, and like the set design is new, but also old so absolutely i'm just i'm just a huge fan of how it's kind of panning out yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that's one of the biggest things since uh since we did our review for for the first four episodes of season two uh into our recap from last week mm-hmm. you know we've really been talking about i think the the biggest highlight uh of this season has been the the look uh, of the show and the production value uh, alone has just sort of i think set set it just sort of really uh sort of brought what was great from the first season and just cemented in our minds that like from a production value standpoint this might be one of the best of the disney plus live action marvel series
1: yeah well this season definitely is doubling down on that uh by Mm -hmm. building more 360 style sets that the camera can actually move Mm -hmm. in uh they did that in in the in the first season but i think there really are leaning into this idea of one takes and and showcasing the sets you know there's a beautiful scene uh just moments after the the beginning of of this episode where we see loki just walking through the tva and it really does highlight the uh the the styles of the, the the builds of the sets being so detailed and you know having a timeless feel as you pointed out Alyssa, in a in a in a time traveling way that they don't exist in time. There's just a lot of layers to it of, of how, again, it's technology, but it's got its own vibe of a different period of time. Mm -hmm. That's not like super high finish glossiness um, that we've, we've seen in the MCU, especially Mm -hmm. with Stark's tech. Like it's just super, you know, uh, thin glass sort of design. So it's interesting to see how that this side of the world of of the mcu has very much defined itself based on its vibe and its visual look Mm -hmm. yeah justin uh you know
0: you interviewed uh christine wada the costume designer for season one and now season two uh and i think one of my favorite things she mentioned was michael Waldron, who we've also uh interviewed on the podcast before um back when multiverse of madness was coming out um that his sort of main sort of two things that he was sort of basing it all around uh, was Mad Men and Blade Runner 2049. And I'm like, <laughs> that is the coolest mashup uh, ever. So I, I, I really, yeah, the production design has been fantastic. Um, but like the people that make uh, the show, the actors in the show uh, are also uh, equally as uh, important uh, to to the making of it and, and what we love about it. And, um, you know, I'm stoked to get into this penultimate episode, but we also do want to remind you listening uh, that we here at Geekcentric are, are just through the moon uh, that the WGA has successfully gotten the contract that they bargained for. And we feel like we're so close. Uh, I really hope that the SAG-AFTRA will uh, reach an agreement with the studios, uh, you know, hopefully Uh, Maybe by the time you're listening to this or or at least a few days away from it, we're really we're really hoping so at at the time of this recording Um, and just so that they can get the contract that reflects the ongoing changes of today's industry, because without them, without these actors, we we wouldn't get incredible characters uh, like Loki and like the ones that we love uh, in this very show. So to support the actors of the things we love, you can do so by checking out the link in our description. Uh, But let's get into it. Episode 5, the penultimate episode, Science Slash Fiction. Uh, Special thanks to Jenna Anderson from ComicBook.com for the assistance with this week's episode summary, uh, which I've made a few modifications to to better serve our breakdown. Uh, So... After a very creepy and ominous Marvel fanfare opening, Loki wakes up after the temporal loom explosion, discovering that everyone else has disappeared. He walks through the empty TVA headquarters as a loudspeaker repeats, TVA code 1229 failsafe mode has been initiated. Thank you for your service. He begins time slipping again, which he's not happy about, Uh, and then he briefly finds a man reading the TVA manual. He says, hello? Hello? But he time slips before he can approach him. And later, uh, he realizes that the man is actually a version of him from Slightly Forward in the future. Uh, The TVA begins to disintegrate into strings of time as the organization's fail-safe mode is initiated. uh, And we slowly zoom in on a disintegrating monitor uh, with a crudely animated Miss Minute saying... Thank you for your service. Or she doesn't actually say it, but I imagine that's what she would uh, sound like. Um, so let's get into this. Uh, you know, I want to know, what, is this, what does this mean? Uh, is is the TVA meant to reset like this? What is the failsafe mode? Justin, do you have any ideas?
1: I, I was under the impression, as soon as we snapped back, that anyone that, they, that the TVA, or he who remains ripped from a timeline and inserted into this organization, was then pushed back to their timelines as part of, I think, a sort of breakdown or deconstruction of the TVA as we mm-hmm. see in this these moments. I think that the first part of the fail safe is to push all the people back to their timelines and then basically just spaghettify uh, <laughs> into into the ether and, and it just no longer exists. and. Uh, um, yeah i i i think that's kind of what we're what we're dealing with here when we when we see it because it makes sense that loki would be here and no one else would be he's not from this timeline he was never intended to be there right Uh, so everyone else who was intended was pushed back out and he's left there uh on his own so there was there's like uh, there was a sense to that of as to why i feel like he was there
0: so are the people but like so because we're thinking like i'm looking at this as sort of a reset point uh, in in the grand loop that we've been talking about in these past uh, past weeks and and in the recap, you know, um, of of sort of th- this is the sort of the, the finite point. It always will 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 go back at this point. But in my mind, I was thinking of it as a reset. Are you thinking that these people? <laughs> it's, it's where we get into the weeds or the the time strings <laughs> of things. But are you thinking that these people are gone? Like they at that point in time, they are gone. It's not that they went back. They're gone, and now Loki is going back to the moment in time where they were discovered. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: <laughs> yeah, is there? Are we starting a new timeline in the sense of how the TVA begins because of this point of of the loom that that could very yeah. well be it. But just based on what we're talking about right now, like I do feel like part of the reset is mm-hmm. to eliminate the 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 people and just maybe push them back to their their timelines, and then. It just the reason why Loki's there himself by by himself, right? I I think that gives a justification. But to your point, if they wanted to go, I guess bigger with it, then yeah, maybe that's the that's the humdinger, if you will, where it's like, oh wait a minute, they all disappeared because now he's going to start the TVA because this is the event Mm -hmm. that creates a new timeline. I guess I guess it could go either way, but I, I don't know. It just seems like the. It seems like we're we're getting to a point where Loki is discovering a new side of his of who he is uh, and that's through the, this. I think
0: that's the best part about this episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think I think this has happened thousands of times before. Um you know, we talked about the we talked about the the set design, we talked about the 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 world building. I also want to just shout out um just the the visuals, uh, the visual effects team uh, of this show because the spaghettification is it's it's you know it, it's funny how much it does remind me of the dusting of, of the snap mm-hmm. but it, it, it is kind of again just like how we've been talking about it's its own vibe it's its own terrifying thing and i love how the glass on the monitor breaks first and then and then the shards of glass become uh little strips of time it's just mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic
2: yeah, it's totally gorgeous. I think that the the visuals is is beautiful and also horrible. Uh, so it's just <laughs> this like there's this weird, um, like I guess dichotomy in every single up uh, every single event that happens in this in this series. Um, as for the the failsafe, I think that Kang is the Kang of Kanks for a reason. He who remains is the head honcho because he did not play around. Mm-hmm. He he was not getting to that position that he was in by not covering all of his bases. So I think he honestly prepped for anything. Uh, The TVA was meant to keep the timeline in order. And I mean, if it stays in a single strand, then they're doing their job, but he is who he is. So he planned the paving of the way for Loki and Sylvie to take him out for a reason. He knew that this is a possibility that the timelines could branch and that the Kangs could, you know, return. So having this fail-safe to send the people back to their original timelines, um I think that would be, you know, a, a consequence of of his choices and his actions and um, somehow things still go to his own plan when he's not around.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because, uh, you know, he works with with uh, Miss Minutes so closely, and obviously mm-hmm. her being on the screen saying, thank you for your service. Um, it's like, who is that for? What would that really be? I right. think it's just a nod to us to let us know, like, yes, this very much is part of uh, that moment. Um, I also do love how this sequence subtly hints uh, at the at the to the all the way to the very end of the episode of of Loki having a greater control over his time slipping ability because he only he only slipped uh, a little bit until he realized that he was absolutely alone and then I think that's what caused him to slip further away but also kind of in a, in the same sense closer to the ones that he needs and loves uh, I think it's just very poetic it's such, it's such a great way to kick off the episode uh, and I certainly you know Got, like that that first kick of him just going hello and it's and then you realize it's him like that was just some oh, it, was, it, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. So cool. And you have to think too based on the way this episode unravels and it's about who why did he time slip there? He was probably thinking about like someone like Casey and seeing where Casey was cuz Casey that's where he ran into Casey before. So right. that's yeah. probably why he inevitably time slipped there originally right right to, to go you there that
0: he sees that room and that's that he just saw he he thought about yeah. it and then
1: he, he goes he goes there comes back and then he thinks okay i'm gonna go upstairs right and he yeah. goes upstairs and because you never know you don't know what's going on when you're time slipping you you don't know what time what period is what right so yeah. that discovery that he gets there and he it's it's him so um but yeah i think it's a it's a very uh interesting theory to say that you know he who remains sort of plan this all out and in a lot of ways because I'm always under the impression that none of this is planned by him uh there's the sort of reason why he pushed for Sylvie and Loki to eliminate him and that they could run it is he just wanted to see pure chaos right like there's mm-hmm. such a there's been such a long period of time of you know order and structure uh and I think he's he sort he sort of snapped in a certain way and then pushes them to do do what you can, because there's that moment in that in that finale where he's like, I've now crossed the point where I don't know what's going to happen next, right? Like, right. It's a very important moment where he starts to recognize, this is this ain't me. This is all yeah. this is all just fact. So that's cool.
0: Interesting. I mean, I also do want to just because I'm a, a huge fan of what Natalie Holt's been doing and the Marvel fanfare. The opening was so haunting, scary. The choir sound. It reminded me a lot of the music composed by. Um, uh, Anna Waronker and uh, Craig Wedren, who do the music for yellow jackets. It is like Alyssa, you you would not be able to <laughs> no. ever watch told. yellow jackets. <laughs> um but just on the music alone, like literally if you watch that show and put your headphones on, the sounds that come out of that that score are just insane. It's just but even this was it was just some of the most like uneasy feeling uh, going into this episode, and I think that was so purposeful and, and so well done. Um, so let's let's keep going here. We then cut to see Casey uh, in a jail cell where he and two men try to orchestrate, or, or they do orchestrate, uh, a prison break. Uh, the prison is in a branch timeline at Alcatraz in 1962 San Francisco. Loki time slips in and finds Casey, but he doesn't recognize him, and he goes by the name Frank. They begin to escape in a boat, and Loki time slips away. Uh, He continues to time slip to McDonald's back in Broxton, then just outside of Piranha uh, Power Sports, uh, and then into the TVA's time theater number 25. We then see Hunter B-15 in a branch timeline in a hospital in 2012 New York, tending to a girl who needs a cast on her arm. Loki time slips in and out of the scene quickly, uh, freaking her out immensely. Um, And she reacts probably how I'd react too. Uh, And then finally... Uh Mobius, a.k.a. Don, uh, is in a branch timeline where he is a jet ski operator in 2012 Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. Uh, we see him in slow motion as he demonstrates the joy of a jet ski. Unfortunately, the customer is only interested in dirt bikes and donuts. Uh, Loki time slips in and enters the store to talk to Mobius as Don, but he doesn't recognize him. Don's co-worker distracts him by telling him his son is yet again calling. Uh, and when he looks back, Loki has already time slipped away so let's stop there um, and let's talk about these branched timelines, these characters and where they've all ended up um, or maybe you know where they, they always should have been. Uh, Justin, why don't you chime in here and, and let us know kind of some of your thoughts on on some of these different places that we've found our beloved characters?
1: Well I think that's that's sort of the point of this whole sequence is for mm-hmm. us to understand that they did where they did come from from the timeline. Uh, and and their background and who they are um and you know the fact that they had families and lives very much what they had been talking about mm-hmm. this episode very much serves to be a a uh sort of gratification to, to those characters and to knowing who they were um outside of that because they've, they've been kind of they've, they've been they've been there obviously but you know hunter b 15. Casey, while there, they're kind of still background. And here it really does hammer home the point of who they are and where they came from. And, and I think that this is a good, this is a great way for us to kind of see, a, take a peek into it. Uh, but obviously seeing Mobius, Dawn. Come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was always there. Everyone knew it. You know, I think yeah. that's why at a certain point they just, they stopped hiding it uh you, they knew that this was this was the obvious thing that they were building towards of, mm-hmm. of him being a jet ski salesman um but i love it I, I loved that he you know it just the way he is mobius do you know what I mean like how calm and and just cool he is and he's very collected yeah, yeah he's owen oh, wilson yeah. Yeah, yeah let's let's just say that i guess but <laughs> the at the end of the day you know that um you see those parallels. You see those those parallels between his his demeanors and understand uh, how that would work as as a great salesman.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I love that moment that he has at the end of the episode where he's like. Do you live by any rivers? It's a really great commute if you uh, get a jet ski. And there's and then he just walks away and he's like, "There's uh, financing options." Yeah, the world so. is in
1: peril, but he's still it's selling like, jets because he's only doing you, he, he can mind. only do what he knows what he can do. Yeah. right. Like there that's all he knows. Just right? like Mobius. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's that's yeah. what I think is so great. It's like the way Mobius is and the way he looks at his role in the TVA. Is very like I'm complacent with my nine to five and and I you know make money and I do what I do right and mm-hmm. that and the donuts feels are great and the kilo donuts is are great. Yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that sort of that is a parallel mirror to who he is uh, i believe as as don the salesman so don the jet ski salesman
2: totally (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean their essence like really shows through and like seeing where they reverted from and seeing and kind of thinking back to like things that they used to do like casey for example like hoarding infinity stones even though they have no value or like um my girlfriend actually pointed this out to me in the last episode once uh victor timely got spaghettified they were like what happened what happened and he in the background you can hear him and being like it wasn't me i didn't do it so like he still feels that he could get in trouble somehow even though he's like not in prison he's in this tva reality yeah i just so find it so fascinating
0: yeah, I, I mean, calling back to that moment, though, of of the, the drawer with the... Like, I think that was when he meets Loki for the first time. And yeah. uh, at one point, Loki says he'll gut him like a fish. Yes. Uh, and in this episode, you actually hear him as Frank Morris <laughs> saying, if they catch us, they're going to gut us like fishes or something like yeah. that. So um, I think that was such a cool moment, too, just to contact, just to focus in on on uh, mm-hmm. Frank Morris escaping Alcatraz. I think the, we got the D.B. Cooper sequence in the first season. Uh, and it's just so cool how they managed to sort of you know show us that like something you know happened in a branch timeline that's happened on what we would consider our sacred timeline um but it's it's with these characters and at first i didn't understand what i was looking at on the bed um but i i looked into the 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 you know, these were three real life yeah, convicts mache,
1: like and heads. they, yeah, they yes. used paper
0: mache heads at first. I thought that it was like a frozen head yeah. um, <laughs> because there was like water on the bars or something, yeah. but, but no, it was, it was very much uh, a paper mache head, but uh, Frank Morris, Clarence Anglin, and his brother, John Anglin, um, they, they use those paper mache heads to trick the guards. Um, and, uh, and I love, I just love how they were able to take the real world history uh, and incorporate it, uh, especially due to the fact that apparently Frank and his his two buddies were never found, found yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. is interesting, right? And especially if Frank was never found, it's like, yeah, because Loki Loki found him.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but the same with DB, right? Like the same thing, right? One ha- right? He, they exactly. never know who found him. So, so it's these people that are elusive to sacred timeline that's not have some sort of larger importance but yeah. it's a really great call out Alyssa. like i didn't even think about that like the fact that casey has such a uh, casey's character is so fearful of getting in trouble and doing yes. things by the book but then he mm-hmm. comes from a, a past where he was you know uh in prison he would steal and he was mm-hmm. dishonest and he probably had to read a yeah. lot
2: and he had such a creative mind like to yeah. to plan an escape from prison and also like Absolutely. have an idol like ob to create such incredible things
1: and then for the fact that in in the tva he's hoarding he's hoarding so Infinity many things. stones it's like <laughs> but it's just that's his way of being deceivious and uh, deceit like stealing mm-hmm. and, and you know like having that sort of that that edge to him right he's like oh i have all these things right like yeah. he's taken away. so i think that's hilarious uh also
0: new rock stars pointed out and i just thought it was a fun tidbit to include here uh clarence and john are actually played in this episode by the directors, Justin Benson uh, and Aaron Moorhead. And I just thought that's like, that's such a cool way if you're going to try to get into, to, into this show is to just be those characters. Um, I will admit we were all wrong on who Jack was uh, working at the McDonald's. He's not Mobius. He's not Mobius's son or Thor or anything crazy. But I was right that, and I mean, it's not that big of a success, because as you said earlier, Justin, everyone called it, but he works at a jet ski uh, shop. I was just pumping my air. I think it was when I first watched the episode, though, I thought he was filming a low budget Uh, commercial for his shop but then watching it back he was just passionately demonstrating the joys having a good time of, of the personal watercraft uh which is just even better than i could have ever dreamed for so um yeah he's he's unabashedly owen wilson um and i love when he says come on uh, you know, ready for your Poseidon moment? Jump on this bad boy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so so good. Um, I also want to shout out the cinematographer, or whoever's or whoever's decision it was to match Loki up with the waving, wacky, waving, inflatable arm guy. <laughs> it's just it was fantastic, yeah. Um, Hunter B15 in New York of 2012. So, this is interesting because whenever we watch you know things in the MCU, if it says New York 2012 on the screen. And it's not something that was before the Avengers. It's not a movie before the first Avengers movie. It's the Battle of New York. Um, so you could almost argue, like, maybe it never happened on this timeline. Well, or it hasn't happened think, yet. Or it hasn't it happened, hasn't happened, happened yet, yet,
1: maybe. I think the idea is that maybe it hasn't happened yet, but we know mm-hmm. that she was a doctor that mm-hmm. probably tended to people from the Battle of New from York. From the Battle right? of New York, yeah. Yeah, right? So it's like, I think that, that might be implicitly implied. But again, to your point, who knows? at what point like she's removed from the timeline right and did it happen i don't know that's you know well it's interesting
0: that you mentioned the specific moment she was removed from the timeline because i think um you know i love that 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 In for Hunter B15, in the first season, she's protecting and healing the sacred timeline by pruning variants and branching timelines and, and different things like that. But in season two, we get to see where her love of people comes from. And then in her actual life, she's yeah, she's a doctor, she's healing people. Um, I'm wondering though, to your point, Justin, is when Sylvie shows her uh in season um in season one she she shows her something she she messes with her mind and we see her we see uh b-15 start to cry outside of the rocks cart store i'm wondering if that is maybe um hunter b-15 if that is showing her like you you were a doctor you helped all these people Mm -hmm. um and maybe even you know thinking back to how nebulous sylvie was maybe how evil sylvie was at the time what if she was showing her all the people that she didn't wasn't there uh to save or to help uh through the battle of new york or something like that right like i i'm wondering if there's something there in in the sense that like you know cause she was pretty upset
2: <laughs> um i was just gonna say like maybe she's just showing her like the the opposite of what she does now like right her whole purpose is that she removes people from this plane of existence and she doesn't know that they go to the end of time she knows Mm -hmm. that she touches them with the pruning rod and then they're not there anymore so seeing yourself as something opposite of what you are can be really emotional and uh coming to that realization uh, must have it, it definitely changed her perspective on on her role at the TVA
1: for sure yeah I, I think in a lot of ways, again, kind of with how we were looking at, I was saying with Casey's character in the TVA, being very scared and fearful of getting in trouble, you know, you look at 100B15 and understand her character was a doctor in the past timeline, and it's sort of parallel to what she was in season one. She was someone who just took out these timelines, like you guys were saying. And maybe what happens is, as you're pointing out, Alyssa, is that there's sort of an awakening in B15 mm-hmm. that happens and it's so crazy to see like all that compassion all that empathy that we saw from her in this season immediately gets um justified by making her a doctor yeah uh, as to why she has such care and how how her perspective has changed um Mm -hmm. something definitely happened that had to have awoken her and it could have been from what uh, sylvie did but i don't know I, i think it's has a lot to do with hunter probably being someone who goes by the books and follows by the rules. But as things started to crumble, she was starting to ask questions. And that was, that's the biggest thing. I think even a doctor, you know, in a lot of ways can kind of internalize and by asking questions and and wanting to know more and more Um, really getting to the bottom of it. So.
0: But I also love just for the writers on this show, how cheeky they are in the fact that she was helping a little girl who fell from the branch of a tree uh, (laughs) is just fantastic. Don't climb trees. Um, And then there is a significance uh, in the specific TVA theater 25. Um, It's the one where Loki was kind of what you've just been describing there, Justin of of Hunter B. 15 starting to wake up. This was where he was woken up to his life uh, on the sacred timeline where he saw his parents die and and his, his, you know, himself die uh, and where Mobius took a chance on trusting him. And again, I think, this is a, another subtle nod to what the whole episode is trying to say and how Loki truly just wants those he's grown close to, uh, like Mobius. So I think, you know, because when you're looking at all the different places that he slips to, I think that place is absolutely significant for, for his character and for what he's gone through. Um, but let's let's get, to, get going here uh, to, I think, you know, a lot of people's favorite character this season. Uh, in 1994, Pasadena... Obi, known as A.D. Doug, tries and fails to sell his own book at a bookstore. He returns to his warehouse and Loki time slips in and he immediately believes his story. Obi argues that Loki should theoretically be able to control his time slipping uh, and end up back at the TVA because the ability already seems to be evolving. Loki argues that the TVA is the last defense to stop Kang and what's coming. And Obi says that that mission to save the TVA should be something Loki can control. Loki tries to deliberately time slip and fails. Obi tries different things, electric shocks, scaring him to activate it, uh, but that doesn't work either. Obi eventually suggests that they get the group back together and track their collective temporal auras back to the TVA. The only problem is, is that Obi uh, doesn't think that he can build a temp pad from scratch. It would take a lifetime, he says. Uh, that is until Loki gives him the TVA manual uh, to help him and then... Loki's time slips again. Uh so we got to talk about Obi or in this case AD's warehouse. Uh Justin, did you notice any similarities to uh
1: repairs and advancements back at the TVA? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they did they did that purposely, right? And, yeah. uh you know, the way he turns and reveals the whole space, it's like you can't help but but immediately think of of his his uh place in on in the in the TVA um headquarters. So mm-hmm that was definitely purposeful but look at the technology that's around there all that yeah. tech it's 1994 it's all found technology I think in a lot of ways the introduction to his character and, and the space really solidifies and as we go through the episode we'll, we'll learn more but he is the creator of the TVA of mm. that, that, that technology right like in, yeah. in, it, it's it's part of the reason why like this I think we're seeing his origin story if anything of how he kind of built a lot of this technology and, and did this thing. And the first, the first indication of that is, is being really just introduced to his, his space. Like, I don't know. There's probably been various other indications throughout the season Mm -hmm. that he's had a a larger part, just how much he knows and how much he's been involved. But I I totally think that this is uh, just another way to kind of center the idea that OB is far more important to the TVA than any of us could really imagine.
0: Yeah, this is the the head of the snake meeting the tail uh, of the snake, right? And I think um, there's a fantastic article, I recommend everyone go read, on Marvel.com written by Rachel Page, um, basically detailing the descriptions from production design lead Kazra Farahani and executive producer Kevin Wright um, that talks about how this set, it is, Literally the exact, exact same, same set, set yeah. Uh, yeah. from from episode one of season two, but stripped down to be, the you know, a warehouse in Pasadena. And I I love that. I love that it's the same set. I love that it's just as messy as Obie space in the TVA. And uh, one thing I noticed after watching this episode, you know, three times um, <laughs> is that if you really look at it, it is literally a visual representation of the name of the episode or at least so if your back is towards the window facing out, which is the direction Obi's desk would face in the TVA uh, on your left, you have science. You can see all his work stuff, his science equipment. And then on the right, you have fiction, all his books, his, his ideation Incredible. boards for his books. Right. And so it's, it's that level of detail in the productions design that just, again, it's like Kazra and his team deserve uh, like all the flowers Uh, possible for this scene alone this space alone Um, and it's just so good and of course like key and obi it's so good when he's scaring him when he just you know "Ah!"
1: and he pulled out a prune pruning right yeah technically right sort of did right like that was that you can't help but think about that right when he he does that so again just these subtle nods to to his character being so important to what the TVA would be, it's 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 there, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Also, just the idea too that you know when Loki, and obviously a lot of it has to do with the fact that Loki hands him the book, and I gotta say that scene, there's something that feels wrong about it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean like like we know it's gonna benefit, but I think as 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 uh, genuinely authentic and maybe even gentle, we'll say Ob's character is. There's a bit of a a sort of breaking the law, if you will, by giving him this TVA book, right? And just the way the song, the 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 music kind of hits in that moment, it just there's something that feels almost unnatural about it, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not meant to be, right? So I I don't know. There's just there's a a great way that you know Natalie Holts music just kind of hits that mark of it's not like a oh like exciting. It was more like. This is this isn't right. And yet they're going to do it. So I understand why, because they have to (laughs) figure out this whole situation. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So let's keep going here. Uh, Loki ends up outside of Mobius slash Don's house uh, where he's trying to rein in his two kids, Kevin and Sean, uh, Loki approaches Don, uh, to, uh, and Don decides uh, to sell him one of his personal jet skis because he doesn't need it. Uh, you know, he, you know, he doesn't need two of them after the loss of his wife. Uh, Loki starts telling Don about Mobius, uh, about Mobius's real life, uh, and he's initially skeptical until OB or AD shows up through a time door with a fully functioning Tempad, which took him eighteen months to build. Well. 19 months because he had to take a break and then he lost his job and his wife left him uh don worries about leaving his boys behind but eventually agrees to go with loki uh he's then able to convince both hunter b15 and casey slash frank to join the cause as well and they all regroup at obi's warehouse um so something that's kind of been floating around on the internet uh, a little bit is the idea or the the sort of the 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 concept that there's these two boys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that are Mobius's sons. Do you think that's just a, a subtle nod to Loki's <laughs> personal life, Alyssa? Or could it be something more? I think, honestly,
2: I think that Eric Voss said it the best. Kevin is seemingly a, represent- a representation of Thor. He, yeah. Like does what he wants, breaks everything. Uh, Sean <laughs> Burns appears... Burns things. Yeah. yeah. And Sean appears kind of as Loki, a calmer, more responsible son who loves snakes. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very on the nose. I think he's like seeing um, kind of a representation of himself. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's anything by mistake in this show. So it seems very on the nose. Um, I mean, as for the the wife uh don's wife
0: yeah because he says that she's been gone for a while yeah,
2: Says so she's gone for a while i think honestly because of the 2022 timeline i think honestly that she's been blipped right i think that she's been gone for four years and she's not coming back for a decade yeah a decade what do you mean a decade yeah.
0: well if it's 2022 yeah and the the Attack on New York was, or oh no, you're right. The blip, the blip happened the blip. in 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah, so it's still been so, a while. I know Sorry, it, I it felt decade. like a decade. my <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> Avengers movies <mixed> up. <laughs> it's
2: like what what movie did you see? Um, yeah, I think honestly, it's it's like I said, nothing is by accident. So this yeah. timeline falls through to kind of connect those dots. Now. I know, Justin, you have something to say, but I have a question. Because earlier you guys said that the McDonald's kid could not possibly be Mobius. Why is that? Because he lives in a different, different state.
0: I, I mean, in my mind, I think that it's the if he was, he could be sure. But the <laughs> fact that 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 space, and we'll get to it, is now gone. Yeah. Essentially, like I don't think we're going back to Broxton. Okay. I don't. I mean, and if we do, maybe we do, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah,
2: maybe. My mind was going to, like, branch timeline, maybe in, like, because time is a flat circle, essentially, yeah. in this yeah. in this series. Maybe Sylvie is, like, the parent of these two kids and blipped, and time has, you know, gone in Whoa. such a way where she produced these two sons with Mobius. He doesn't know who she is.
0: And, Whoa. You know? <laughs> That's interesting. Be. I don't I, I feel like there'd be more to set that up. Than, I think there would yeah. be. Yeah. I, 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 but crazy, I, I just realized crazy. they might also have different names, but who cares? Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's run this down
2: to the press. What? <laughs>
0: I, think, I mean, Sean wants a puppy that could be Fenrir, right? It's, you know, that's Loki's got a puppy mm-hmm. at one mm-hmm. point in his life. So maybe. I like I don't, it. I don't we write the next season. Yes.
1: <laughs> we, we're, we're the writers now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a very interesting take for sure. I, I it, it would, it would be really wild to see all of that come together in a way, but um, I think the, the 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 safe bet is that she blipped. And what seems interesting too is that like he doesn't imply that she like passed away or died. She just, right. she or just left, up and left. gone. Or, yeah. she's yeah. just gone. She up and yeah, le- she just she up said. and left. He said, right. I think he he hinted at that, um, um, you know. But th- I, the idea that she could have just been doing something and then removed mm-hmm. it's a little wild, but. Also, you know, you bring up the Battle of New York, Nate, you know, do not don't people know who Loki was like or recognize like his face and, and whatnot? So in, a,
0: in one timeline, absolutely.
1: Right. So like right. I, I think so again, like how does that fit into this the whole dynamic of of when we're jumping into 2022? Right. Um, you know, how, does you know, has had the events of maybe of, not. Maybe there right? is
0: no Loki in that timeline.
1: Right. Until or maybe there's now. no Avengers or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So
0: just a jet ski salesman. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. So. This is guy. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Sylvie, uh, that still leaves Sylvie. She's back uh, at McDonald's in the eighties. Uh, her McDonald's bag. We see it start to disappear. Uh, and Loki arrives through a time door. Sylvie's life didn't get reset when the loom exploded. So she immediately invites Loki into her car because uh, he's he's almost time slips away, uh, and she takes him to a local bar. Loki uh, uh, argues that everyone should have the choice to stay with the TVA or return to their or to return to their normal lives. And Sylvie disagrees. Loki says he wants his friends back because he doesn't know where he belongs without them. Sylvie takes a shot and tells him, "We're all writing our own stories now. Go write yours." Uh, so everyone else was sent back to their original lives both of you, why do you think Sylvie uh, was sent back to the McDonald's in Broxton?
1: Well, she has the the ultimate temp pad. Right, right? so she just chose so, to go there.
0: Yeah, exactly. We okay. see
1: it at the end of the sequence when things become spaghettified she just dips out. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense that, again, going back to what I was saying about Loki, how, why he was left there in the TVA while everyone was gone, he was never meant to be there. He, wasn't, he was not part of the the people that they hired for the TVA, right? Mm-hmm. So he's just there. So I think that for both of them, their memories weren't reset and wiped because, you know, they're, they were never really intended to be a part of it. They're sort of the chaos that was added to mm-hmm. that timeline to create these events. Uh, so they're very easy to be like just removed. Right. And, you know, they can they don't need to be removed is is from it because they're mentally not supposed to be there. Yeah. Mm. Um so I couldn't have said it better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I mean I I agree with you. I think um I think the other thing to sort of consider is like her timeline uh was pruned, so she's not going back there. Um it, at this time it doesn't exist anymore. Uh and you know, I think the other thing to sort of consider is it it's it's what she wants, right? She asks Loki what he wants and the answer to why everyone else ended up where they where they ended up um, was because they ended up where they where they want, where they what they love. Right. We talked Mm -hmm. about Casey and being a natural thief and and natural born thief and uh, being incredibly resourceful and super smart and loves to read, which apparently Frank Morris was really smart in real life. Um, And so, you know, we've got Mobius. At the jet ski store because he clearly loves selling jet ski. Uh, He loves his sons. He (laughs) says he loves his sons, but also, like, he ignores them Mm -hmm. a bunch to be in his happy place uh, at, you know, nine to five. Um and then Hunter B fifteen who truly loves healing people you've got Ob uh, who loved writing uh, so much but you know it seems as though maybe this is the only place his warehouse is the only place that he could really truly explore his passion uh and and you know I think that's kind of the I- idea there uh and he he almost to the point where he inadvertently created this space in the TVA like you were saying Justin to be the same but then you've got Sylvie who is happiest creating her own destiny and and obviously that's where she she found a life uh you know for the first time ever uh was at this mcdonald's in in broxton yeah. oklahoma mm-hmm. um i think honestly like the overall messaging that i'm getting and this might be cheesy but like i'm a, you know i love i love time travel stuff that deals with with love uh you know i'm a huge interstellar fan so i think love is the answer beyond time beyond space beyond memory wipes and it's the very thing that draws loki uh to his friends Mm -hmm. um and also i got legitimately choked up watching loki come to the realization of what he actually wants like when he says he doesn't know where he belongs tom hiddleston just hits like he just gives such a masterful masterful performance and it's such a, a a perfect realization for a guy we've seen uh at this point literally go off the sacred timeline and then even to the end of time to be with the people he cares about just to be with his friends and i I just think it was really, really beautiful. It was really touching, really heart wrenching. Uh, and I never thought that we'd get to see Loki, this character that we met all the way back in 2011, like this. It's just mm-hmm. unreal,
1: unreal. Well, it's interesting too, because I think Loki's always been sort of a, he's a villain, but mm-hmm. is he really a villain all the time, right? Like in the comics? Uh, I think there's cases to be made that he's a bit of an anti hero. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a sense of empathy. And understanding uh, to a certain degree, we we saw it even in, in Avengers, in, in the Battle of New York in 2012. Understanding what he was doing and understanding his role in the whole thing, um, so his character to come to this realization that the people around him are who th- are the most important and they can move him through space and time is is a beautiful message, right? And that's yeah. that's sort of what we're discovering through this this episode is that. His relationship, his journey, his story with each of these, these characters is more important than anything, any any one timeline could ever give him. And yeah. and I think that, you know, to to the point of what you're saying, you know, Sylvie to end up in Broxton, that's all she's known. That's what she wanted. She wanted peace. She wanted serenity. She wanted that, that sense of belonging. She wanted belonging chicken McNuggets, and, dude. That's she what wanted she chicken McNuggets, ma- talking nuggets, about McDonald's.
2: Bro? I'm going to go there right after <laughs> yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but I think the 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 idea that they s- they so gently seed plant these elements of who who mm-hmm. people are and who these people are and why they're so important uh, to that to that final line in this this uh, this uh, episode is is great it's 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 really good it's I think that that's that's what the show has been so great at is consistently knowing its message and how to convey the information even if you go back to the scenes with with uh, uh, Ob or Ad and um loki and he's explaining all of these things and and what he needs to do Mm -hmm. it's so clear you understand what what obi is saying to you it's just saying to him you understand what he needs to do and why it's so important and and i think the writing of this show has been so solid through every single episode and even with something like this that feels so complex and we're moving around a lot to ground it in a signature of, of like you said love and who who these people are to him that's that's really clever writing right
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: I also want to shout out uh, Raphael Cassell uh, as Brad oh, yeah. uh, whose voice is heard in the in in the sequence that's where he went bar. Yeah, he, well, he, he's he, in the video game machine. He's In the now. video game machine. Oh no! Um, but like, you can you can see the Zaniac arcade machine. And then if you stay till the very end of the credits in this episode, uh, you hear him say, "You died. Insert your coin, loser," uh, which is just the best. And I, I think it's funny because like, you know, Loki and Mobius are looking through the timelines to find Sylvie. Uh, you've got Marvel fans waiting to see an end credit scene, and we both just end up with Xaniac. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just,
2: yeah, it was disappointing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah. fun and exciting.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, let's let's uh, kind of get to the end here. Loki returns to Obi's warehouse, uh, and in a defeated tone, he tells everyone, "Just go back home." Uh, which I don't even know like how they would necessarily all do. I guess they'd use the tempad. pad. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Sylvie listens to a Velvet Underground record at her local record store as reality starts to bleed and disappear around her. At the last possible second, she uses a time door to escape and arrive at AD's warehouse. Uh, Sylvie admits that time is falling apart, uh, and the team tries to find the temp pad just as Casey begins to disappear. OB Hunter B15 and uh, Hunter B15 and Mobius all do the same. Sylvie admits that there is nowhere left to go, and she disappears. Loki begins to cry out uh, at the time strips flowing around him. He lets out one last cry and somehow manages to time slip himself back in time. First a few seconds, and then about a minute or so. He tells the group that he was able to successfully control it, not by focusing on the when or the why but by focusing on the who he wants to travel back to. He says he can rewrite the story, and then after focusing once more, he successfully time slips back to the moment just before Victor Timely walks out towards the loom. Uh, and that's the ending of this episode, and it brings us to our, our prediction segment, uh, which uh, you know we like to call What's Your Low-Key Perspective? Uh, so uh, I want to maybe start with Alyssa, if that's okay. What are your your thoughts on this ending? And what's your low-key perspective on what's going to happen next? Ooh, I think offering my
2: low-key perspective is... Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> because like I said, this this entire series has totally changed the way that I think about uh, like linear storytelling. Mm-hmm. I was telling Justin just a few weeks ago when I saw him that I thought that this series was going to be kind of like a kaleidoscope where every episode was like a different point of time because he was time slipping. Okay. And that was totally blown out the window. <laughs> yeah. um, so thinking about what's to happen next, I can only imagine, hopefully I'll cross my fingers, that they can figure out a way to uh, keep all of the timelines but keep them in order because mm-hmm. then that way we would be able to continue to have things like, you know, um, uh, No Way Home, and mm-hmm. uh, continue to have like different iterations and variants of different characters <laughs> maybe the old Avengers who knows. Right. Yeah. Um, the episode as a whole, I think was an incredible way to kind of get to know all of our team players. Yeah. Uh, one of the parts at the end where, where uh, they were all kind of saying like their last goodbye or like their last word was so gut wrenching. Um. Mobius or what was his name Gary? Don. Don yeah. just like screaming like I got to find my kids and uh B15's character saying like is this is this the end? Like right, my, heart kinda, yeah. my heart just kind of my heart just kind of jumped out. Yeah. I I am glad to see that they're kind of going the way of the Agents of Asgard comic. Uh that was one of the first Loki comics that I read and essentially it's it's about Loki trying to like re handle his own story get like uh, in the driver's seat Uh, essentially he dies or he he kind of is reborn and like kills his old self that's evil think like the old Loki in the first season with like the yellow horns Um, and he comes back as a younger Loki and tries to figure out hey how can I change the story or my narrative to not be the bad guy. How can I use my mischief in a good way? That's cool. So he cool. kind of he kind of turns that. yeah, he kind of turns he kind of turns into the master of stories oh, okay. uh, instead of like the god of mischief. Yeah. Um. One point that was noted in the credits was B 15s like name card. Um, Verity Willis, who was the name on that card, is a character in the Agents of Asgard, and essentially her power is that she can sense when someone is telling a lie. Okay. Um. So, cool. kind of moving that into B fifteen's character and seeing her as someone who can see through Loki's bullshit, right? Um,
0: or even that little girl, like she's like, yeah, she gonna can tell stop you <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, she can tell that her <laughs> patient cool. is lying. I think that that's an incredible that's way to tie that character in. Yeah, I've only read about her in that comic. She like her family has a a power ring that can um, tell if you're lying. But in, when she was a yeah. kid, she swallowed it, so <laughs> okay. it kind of absorbed into her system, and now she has that power. So That's how it works, kids? You yeah. know, <laughs> any way that there's a new power yeah. <laughs> yeah. introduced yeah. into the MCU, I'm fine with it.
0: Just eat yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, just eat it. Whatever. That's awesome, <laughs> Justin. How about yourself? What's your low key perspective on on what's gonna happen next? And I mean, what are your thoughts on the ending as well?
1: Well, I, I got to say, like, I, I'm, I'm with you, Alyssa. I don't know what can happen next. I think, obviously, him bouncing back to the moments before Victor Timely was, steps out, that means, well, we, we still get a little more Victor Timely. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, maybe he inevitably still dies. But you <laughs> right. know, we're, we, we, there's a chance to stop because they know that this isn't going to work. Um, You know, Brad's still on the loose through the TVA. Mm-hmm. I know that's where we left him in the last... In the last the last episode. Um, so there, and, and where's Ravona? I want to see that. So I think mm. we're going to see, we're going to be bouncing back around uh, in the, in the next episode to kind of close some things off. But I do think it's going to be a closure. I don't think we're going to get a cliffhanger. I think it's going to kind of be a bit like um, a bit like a Mando in that Mando season, season three ending where it's like, this is where Loki is. Um, and he's obviously, he's obviously going to be important. Um, and He's he's um he's just there, and I think he'll come back up, and and he'll, he'll it'll be more important. Or they, they they do the thing where they make him the keeper of the time, TVA, right? And him him he's, and Sylvie him and who Sylvie remains. have to maybe yeah you know maybe it's that. I I also would love to see just a sort of confirmation of who Obi's character is. Like people have been saying that he is the original. He who remains. He mm-hmm. is a variant of of Kang, well, uh, you know, uh, to a certain degree, but which is, you know, how they'll make that all kind of stick. People just want to make know. him a bad guy because he's so lovable.
0: But I don't know, but you again,
1: know? I don't know if by doing it, you necessarily make him a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, the reality is, is that they all have the, in, all the Kang variants have the uh, ed, um, knowledge. It's just how they use that knowledge, right? right? Um, You know, I don't think they're all probably. No, I'm sure there
0: are, there are good Kang variants too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And the ones that are gonna want to do do things uh, right. But as for the ending of the episode, yeah, this is is emotionally heart wrenching to see the people that he's been fighting for, that he's been trying to collect, if you will, to get the band back together. Yeah. Uh, you know, the band of the timeline too. When I he's just, like I thought, grabbing like, <laughs> at the different strings, exactly. Oh, it's like, oh my god! But then my he's heart. reliving his moments that what each of them have have given to him what each of them have opened up inside of him to make him the person that he is now, mm-hmm. he's, he's reliving those memories and that's what snaps him into understanding the who. And that's what's so beautiful about this ending, when you watch it and you, know, you see all these subtle references and it comes to the end, like you already knew the ending of that line, mm-hmm. right? Before he said it and you realize it, that everything in the episode influenced getting us to this point so it's just really great writing uh watching it obviously a second time you even start to really pull through how they really hint at how these why why these characters are so important to loki and you know beyond beyond everything else and yeah this it was it was a really good good ending this is what makes great television in, mm-hmm. in my mind
0: well my low-key perspective Alyssa. i saw you were trying to be like what's your nate what's your Loki perspective yeah um yeah <laughs> My my low key perspective uh, is a lot of what I said uh, on last week's uh, recap, but I updated it with the context we have now. So they'll they'll all need to work together to fix the the break in the loop that is the ongoing cycle of the TVA restarting over and over and over again. I think they have to do uh, another time heist similar to what happened in Avengers Endgame, um, but. Like, you know, last week I said that Loki would need to steal the the time stone from Casey's desk uh, in order to pull off this, this time heist. Obviously, he doesn't need to do that anymore. He's mastered his ability. He doesn't need that that specific stone. Maybe he could use some of the other stones. I don't know. Um I'm still going to say that they don't just fix the loop uh, and reset it back to what it was. I think they find a way to fix it for good. Uh, I think Ravona ends up... Um, potentially trapped at, uh, at the end of time um, to be set up as the she-who-remains. Um, I think maybe there might be a moment where Loki at the very end uh, recruits her um, because they both want the same thing. She wants revenge, probably, against Kang and, and his variants and, and what have you. Um, and I think that um, Hunter B-15 takes over the TVA to correct things, to do things the right way. Casey works with Obi to become his apprentice and write the new TVA uh, guidebook or handbook. Uh, And I think Mobius will actually choose to go back to his life to be with his sons in 2022. Um, And then lastly, I think Loki uh, is going to find Sylvie a new life where she can choose to do whatever she wants. Like at first she's gonna want to be like stay with him, but he's gonna you know, he's gonna maybe do like a almost like an Irish goodbye situation where he leaves her in a specific timeline, and then he she he takes the master tempad from her or something like that, and it's not like done in like a mean way or a bad way. She understands like he's this was the right choice and this is what she wanted to. Uh, and then I think I really do think that that Loki um, and maybe Ravona almost become like the, the next Nick Fury, right? Assembling a team of heroes across time to fight against the oncoming Kang war. I would be uh, obsessed with that. To, ha- right? to just how jump into secret wars? Don't like... test me. <laughs> well, because oh. we think about how long it takes for these things to to show up again, right? And Justin, like you're saying, like you think like, okay, this is where we're going to leave Loki, this is where he's he is and then we're going to go off and explore echo and we're going to do a bunch of other things and cuz those movies are going to take a long time to get here the 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 writer strike and the actor strike you know obviously things are going to take even longer um because of you know these studios not <laughs> doing the right thing and so because of that i think that that the you know i don't think we're unfortunately going to see loki for a really long time unless we get a title card at the end that says Loki will return for season three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you guys think we're going to get a season three? I think I without a doubt so. we'll get a season three. Yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. I, I, I like the theory about what you're saying there about it kind of goes off of what I was saying that I think he's going to run the TVA. And to your point, I like the added caveat that he's going to lead uh, sort of a, a, a new TVA to battle the oncoming threat. Because mm-hmm. I think if anything that That's they're going to do. That's still his goal. That's still his goal. I, I don't think they're going to fix the loom and, and the broken loop. I think it's they're just going to patch it and they're going to figure out, but they need to get order and structure back in place and they need to start by finding these variants. And maybe Victor Timely sticks around. Maybe mm-hmm. Victor Timely is part of the TVA and works with Loki. And, Interesting. and that could be the good Kang variant that actually does it. Because I, I don't know. Like I thought Vic, I'm pretty sure Victor Timely might be a stage name. More or less. Yeah. Because
0: like, there might be uh, or a... Does he like come out and say like my real name's Nathaniel or
1: something like that? Nathaniel Richard like you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like does he say that eventually or is that who he is? He looks uh, at the
0: camera and he's like, just like you, Nate. And I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> and then I disappear into a <laughs> spaghettification. <laughs> oh my spaghettification. God. Spaghettification.
1: But yeah, I think it's I think that's 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 great. There's a lot there though. Nate, that you're asking for this episode to kind of <laughs> deliver. Listen, I, I feel like you're throwing you're throwing you're a throw, lot of darts at the board. And it's like if one of the them... Wall, exactly. Right? Some yeah. Maybe Absolutely. something will stick and then yeah. it won't slide down. I feel like there's going to be a couple noodles on the wall there because yeah. you got some stuff that I think Let's I'm going with you on. And then Mephisto
2: yes! shows Let's up. Uh... <laughs> No, I think that it's honestly a, a, a shoe in for a season three, like more than just a great Marvel series. Like it's just a good sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. I think it's just got so many great elements to it. And um, there's, it kind of doesn't really exist outside of the TVA bubble. If you really think about it, like you don't have to know that much about the series. You know, that Loki is kind of a bad guy at the beginning and, it all lives within this Chronopolis bubble, potentially. Who knows? Chronopolis, you guys know about
1: Chronopolis?
2: Listeners know about Chronopolis. Chronopolis? It's all good. No, I'm, I
1: actually,
0: remind me.
2: Okay, so Chronopolis is essentially like the city that Kang creates in the quantum realm. Yeah. And every time we see the TVA there's like a bunch of tall kind of like CN tower shaped buildings in the yeah. background all and Toronto. things zoom in across. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Chronopolis Toronto in the Quantum <laughs> Realm. Um no it's a place where he lives and is the king and oh, Okay. Yeah, it's a very um integral part of the Nathaniel Richards Victor Timely uh
1: story. Interesting. I think we'll g- I think we'll definitely So he's
0: closer get- than we think.
1: Well, for sure. But I think he's also like like if it is Chronopolis, we may not get that confirmation until Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Mm. Right. And and I think that would be the, set, the the aha, like, oh, my God, the entire time we've been spending with the TVA has actually been on Chronopolis. Like that'd be wild to think. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely very possible for for it to be um, more important and integral. Mm-hmm. Uh, of a location because there's no like not all of it's the TVA. But we've been spending all of our time in the TVA like building, right, more or less. There's right? more like, outside least, of it. At least in my mind, like obviously there's more outside of it. We see windows and ships yeah. and stuff. But is like that, that just like, also the TVA? But see, that's that's the thing. We don't, we don't know. Any of that, Right. So if that is just the TVA section of Chronopolis or is that Chronopolis that we're seeing outside of the TVA, they haven't given any sort of distinct distinct uh, uh, definition to what it is. But yeah, that's that would be interesting. I think there's a lot of potential too with whatever happens here for it to go further in a different way with with Deadpool. Uh, three, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to really lean into a lot of the events here or these events are going to help set up indirectly, though. Like we'll just have mm-hmm. the understanding of it, because even in the way that Deadpool three ends with him traveling through time, like fixing timelines, you know, what I mean, like, you know, if you add that into it's a Deadpool three and, you know, the TVA and all of what he's doing there, it, it kind of adds another layer and makes makes it kind of it it was always meant to be. That, mm-hmm. that this timeline would would end up there, right? Oh, and but-
0: Casey, Casey, and Obi talking to Deadpool and Wolverine would be <laughs> phenomenal.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, be but incredible. listen, we could,
0: we could speculate and, and share our our fandoms that'll never come true unless Mephisto says so, uh, all night and all day. But uh, <laughs> but um, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score, um, which uh, for this episode we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five. Time slips. Uh, and Alyssa, I will have you go first.
2: All right. I am going to give... I'm going to give this episode a 4.2 time slips out of 5. <laughs> all right, Just because the, the story's complicated, the number's complicated. It <laughs> just all fits together so nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I really enjoyed kind of seeing... Uh, uh, peering into the like lives of these characters that we've grown to love. I love how smart the writing is and and how it all kind of makes sense even looking back to previous seasons like the time theater 25 happening mm-hmm. in episode five of season two. Oh wow you yeah know, there's like there's so many things that are that are thought so thoroughly out that um seeing it all come together is really fascinating i always have super high expectations for marvel projects so if it's not like Oh my God, what happened? It's so crazy. <laughs> then I don't usually give something a five, but I can stick happily with my 4.2. And um, before we end, I just want to say one more thing because um, <laughs> I didn't get to be a part of it. Uh, scroll
0: secret. Scroll secret. Scroll secret. Well, thank you for bringing uh, that unfortunate. uh, I'm a scroll, everybody. Surprise! That's it. That's That's the big surprise. (laughs) This episode is going to get a five out of five. Um, (laughs) Awesome, Justin. uh, What are your What is your final uh, score and uh, thoughts on the episode?
1: Yeah, like I I I loved this episode. I think it's it's such a great penultimate setting up for um, the finale. It, it sort of feels like a bit of a bottleneck episode because it's a side mission quest that mm-hmm. uh, ha- had such emotional weight and, and and satisfaction to Loki and the characters around him and, and why they're important to to him. And as we were talking about through our, our, our discussion and, and as I was mentioning, it's just it's the idea of really cementing why this episode focused on on these characters, who they are and who they are to to Loki. To really just hit home that, as you were pointing out, love, sincerity, care, the things that that have, in many ways, changed the course of this this Loki variant uh, to be an entirely different version of himself. And I think Alyssa's right. Like this is we're we're seeing the making of the God of Stories uh, rather than the God of Mischief. And and maybe leaning into how time slipping allows him to do this and what his next journey is with these with these powers is it temporary we don't know right like i think he's gonna have these hopefully for the foreseeable future um and it doesn't just go away by the end of the season but to incorporate the time slipping as a means as a means for him to be able to travel to those who he wants to see Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity to do some (gasps) really cool stuff in the future just saying (laughs) anyways so with that said, I, I, I like I said, this this series has been so consistent and this episode feels like such a great uh, satisfactory and, and, and sort of gratifying episode for everything that's come before it. And there's so much intrigue and the emotional dimension is just fully is, is on full display here. And it adds just so much more depth. So, yeah, I'm giving this a five out of five, uh, uh, five out of five. Uh, what was it? Time slips. Yeah, I think this was, this is like... Hold on, Justin,
0: Justin, peak. time slip back yeah. t- so you can correct yourself. Yeah. Time slip back. Yeah.
1: Spaghetti. Yeah, so I'm going to give this episode a five out of five time slip Oh, nailed 100%. it. 100%. This, yeah. this is peak, this is peak Loki <laughs> writing. This is peak Marvel. Uh, You know, this is why you, you watch this episode and you understand, like, while it's not all great stuff and there's probably a, a, a real uh, sense of uh quantity over quality that's going on at, at the MCU this is definitely quality yeah this is what we want and and just that attention it doesn't all need to be Loki it just needs to be that attention that thoughtfulness that that stuff that connects back to an audience and says this is why you're watching this show and that is what this episode does really really well so yeah five out of five time slips
0: very cool it's Alyssa, disgusting. before I before I go, before sorry, I,
2: I I time slipped. Also, <laughs> before I uh,
0: I mention uh, my final score, you uh, some, something popped in your brain. I saw a light bulb go off when Justin. For those mentioned... who
2: don't have a visual of our conversation, <laughs> um, yeah. So he just you know I, I had a thought, yeah. And Justin was talking about how you know there's so much possibility with this new time slipping power that he has. I was just thinking, like, what if he, because he can slip into different places and different times, what if he just finds his way back to our main timeline so that Thor can have his brother and he's yeah. not alone? It's going to We're going to get it. I can't believe I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably where the show will end up and where it'll end. After is, season three, is, maybe. I will maybe cry real three. tears. Oh, my gosh. Are you like, me? I think what a, it meets love. Oh like, he gosh. meets the little
0: girl. Like, oh, come on.
1: That would be pretty wild, he's, actually. He's her that would uncle? Be pretty wild. Oh! Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty wild. <sighs> but, like, that would be a great way to to close yeah. out the series. But, yeah, like, I could see him, you know, wanting to see his mother. Mm. Right? Or even just even going back in, like you said, maybe going to see Thor and apologizing. And then mm-hmm. going back to his... TVA business do you know what I mean like I could see something like that that sort of you know happens in, in a way so
0: let's just get Tom Hiddleston to be the constant of everything yeah. MCU going forward um, this episode of Loki was fantastic I absolutely adored the the looks at the lives of all the other characters and the message that that through it all Loki just wants to be with his friends uh, we, we very much now have a Loki who is similar to the one at the end of his life on the sacred timeline, that one that was was killed and sacrificed himself, and I absolutely love that he 's sort of caught up in that way um, i, I would have I think I would have liked a little more time with the other characters learning about their histories, but the show is called Loki, and so like you 're saying, Justin, like keeping the focus on him and his development through the episode, I think is the ultimately the right call, even though I just i want I want to see. Uh, dan- or dawn on a jet ski a little more. Um, I think it's it's really well paced and and the episode. Um, it, well, it, it doesn't move the overall story forward. It gives us a greater look at the origins of these characters that we've gotten to know within the TVA, and it it helps establish what Loki wants. And I think it's an it's a prime example of the writers trying to say, Hey, we gave you a crazy massive like uh, cliffhanger at the end of last week's episode. And now we're giving you something that's written really, really well and doesn't push that forward in any way. It's them trying to say, listen, Marvel fans, it's okay. If we give you something that's written really, really well that you're going to love, it doesn't need to be this this phase-moving uh, story. It doesn't need to be something that pushes the overall story uh, forward.
1: It, and, and you know, in a lot of ways, what you've described is very similar to The penultimate episode from WandaVision where we kind of go through her journey as well. And, you know, they give you that cliffhanger in 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 episode eight and the nine comes and it's just like it's so focused on 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 that uh, on her story and on her journey.
0: Yeah, they've done it before. They've done it here. Uh, and I think if we let them, if we if as fans, we can all just be like, be okay with some of the some of the fallbacks, some of the setbacks, I think that uh, that they'll continue to do it again. Uh, and I'm hoping that's the case with echo. um we we get to understand Loki's motivations at the deepest level, and I really enjoyed the moment. That he 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 realizes what he wants, and that heart wrenching performance from Tom Hiddleston. Next week is going to be crazy. I can't wait to see how it all wraps up, uh, knowing what Loki is now capable of. Uh, the music, the production design—obviously, we've said it time and time and time again. Uh, this time, it was off the charts. The just fantastic. The imagery of the various parts of the world, and and these things, uh, these characters disappearing through time is something that will stay with me. Like. When I first saw uh you know our our loved characters get snapped away, um I'm giving this episode of Loki a very solid four point five out of five time slips, but that is it uh for this episode, Alyssa, before we wrap things up, could you let our lovely listeners I know you mentioned at the top of the show let our lovely listeners know how they can keep up with you uh, and hear your lovely voice yet again
2: absolutely in the future yeah. in the future and in the past whoa. Uh, I am, like I said, a, a streamer on Twitch, just like my friend here and it plays games. <laughs> uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's your girl, Alyssa or on Instagram at it's Uh, have a good time in January. I'll be soft relaunching as a, you know, variety streamer talking about Marvel and playing video games and maybe even playing our new favorite game, Disney Lorcana.
0: Oh yeah. We've been just so deep in lurkana i
2: see your dragon shields right back there too i was like what color is that <laughs> yes
0: that's fun yeah they're they're yeah we've got them we've got them i think it's uh it's been such a fun um, time with that card game. And, and mm. yeah, if you want to learn about it, um, definitely check out her streams and also check out her photography. You do some photography as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you might want to get some beautiful uh, Christmas photos done, yeah, holiday listen, photos done. listen, if
2: you're in the GTA, a ballast photo, hit me up. I think the links will be in the description. They will. All these but, links uh, will be yeah. in the description. Appreciate you, my dog uh,
0: Yeah, because, you know, people might want to have a moment in time captured forever amazing that should be the new we'll, we'll make it a new thing incredible here. uh but that is it for this week's uh, watch club for loki season two episode five we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in watch club well let me just get justin to time slip into your ears so he can let you know how you can reach us across time
1: well, they can reach us. Well, first off, time slipping into someone's ear sounds like <laughs> the sounds are just horrible. the spaghetti. So, um, not good. Yeah, not <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I apologize for how awkward that must have been. <laughs> um, but they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Yuck. at geekcentricyt, and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. I, I'm naturally getting to the place where I say. You're just going to call it X. X. Oh, no. They've referred to it as X, formerly known as Twitter. So I'm going to just keep going with that. All right. Formally Twitter. Uh,
0: (laughs) Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering our uh, recent releases with uh, spoiler-free reviews for the Netflix series Blue Eye Samurai. Go check that out. Uh, Listen to the review because it'll get you hyped to watch that show. It is Absolutely stellar animation. Uh, more stellar animation that we talked about, Invincible Season 2, Part 1. Uh, we also have a review, a spoiler-free review for David Fincher's The Killer, Goosebumps, Episodes 1 to 5, The Creator, uh, and Expendables. We also have a ton of interviews out now, like our most recent interviews with the creative team behind Loki. Justin actually had the chance to speak with Dan DeLeo, who directed episode two. Kazra Farahani, who I name dropped earlier in the episode, who directed episode three. And he's the lead of production design on the show, Uh, as well as Christine Wada, who was the mastermind uh, behind the excellent costumes on the show. He chats with... All of them about their individual journeys within production as well as specifically the collaboration uh, that goes into crafting Loki season two. So be sure to check out those interviews and all of our interviews either here on your podcast service of choice and over on YouTube at youtube.com slash We've got a discord open so you can talk to us about the show directly. Uh, That link if you'd like to join will be in the description below. We're going to continue this watch club for episode six later this week with the finale where we'll have yet another special guest joining us. From another branched timeline, Uh, and lastly, but certainly not least, we would love to become Rotten Tomatoes certified. Uh, So, a fresh five-star review would go a long way on Apple Podcasts. If you don't mind, Uh, we'd love to hear hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast, and especially these watch clubs. Uh, Alyssa, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this watch club. And as we say, for for all time, time,
1: always. always.